Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you all for being with us. And now, as always, it is my pleasure to bring on my producer, who is also my partner in our quest to find the most extreme of extreme sports. So here she is, the bravest of the brave, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori. (laughs) Ah, Jane, you're so funny. (laughs) Well, you know I'm an athlete, right? Heli skiing, toe and surfing, cliff diving, ice fishing, a spin class. Nothing is too much for me for us to conquer. You name it, and well, I kind of don't do it. But and spin, (laughs) I refuse to. However, in all seriousness, my true heroes are people connected to the world of sports, such as athletes, or our next guest, who we are privileged to have on the show with us today. He is Brandon Steiner. And let me tell you a little bit about Brandon before you meet him. A sports marketing guru, he is the founder and chairman of Steiner Sports Marketing and Memorabilia, which is the largest company of its kind in America. In fact, he is the biggest collector of sports memorabilia on the planet. He is also a regular on ESPN New York Radio 98.7 FM and hosts the Emmy-nominated The Hookup with Brandon Steiner on Yes Network. And he has appeared frequently on CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, as well as many, many others. And he's also been in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Furthermore, he is the author of the business playbook, Leadership Lessons from the World of Sports, and You Gotta Have Balls, How a Kid from Brooklyn Started from Scratch, Bought Yankee Stadium, and Created a Sports Empire. He shows you that you should never give up, and if you want your dream badly enough, you can get it. Well, Lori, it was my dream to have Brandon with us today, and guess what? Here he is. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for that nice introduction. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. So, you know, you featured an interview of me talking about the book, my book, Long Live You, in our blog, in your blog, actually, brandonsteiner.com. And it's a site that has thousands and thousands of devoted followers, um, I might add. And it was eight questions with Jane Wilkins Michael. And there I was between two things I learned on Tuesday from Andy Pettit and Steve Weatherford's four lessons, four life lessons to live by. I mean, right? How cool is that? That proves that I'm a true athlete, does it not, Brandon? And you're in good company, and you're smart. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank the goal, you. Well, the goal, you know, the goal of those things is, you know, we just really want to go to smart people. Because not everybody knows everything. And, you know, you can just, you really can never stop learning, no matter what your age and what your status and what, whatever it is, you can't stop learning. And what's amazing is the different levels of what you who you can learn from, whether it be the guy driving you, somewhere or the pilot or the or the person just cleaning at your offices. Everybody's got a good lesson if you're open enough to sit sit back for a minute and listen and those lessons learned on the blog are priceless because uh, the people that really have spent a lot of time on a particular subject matter that they're devoted and committed to. So that's why I love the blog and I enjoy sharing the stories and lessons learned. 
Yeah, and they're great stories, by the way. I encourage everyone to read it. Uh, read them, brandonsteiner.com. You know, Brandon, two of what I assume are your all-time favorites, baseball memorabilia and the New York Yankees, are the reason that you and I met a few months ago. And it was a pre-game meet and greet and, and Q&A with the only player to ever pitch a perfect game in the World Series. And he's Yankee legend Don Larson. And I think no one else has even thrown a, a no-hitter. Of course, while those credentials made my husband and son uh, swoon, for lack of a better word, um, I was more concerned about if what they ate or if they were concerned about nutrition way back when. And I asked him that, and he just laughed. <laughs> so... I, I well, Don Larson back in the day, you know, they were smoking cigarettes, you know, um, in between innings. And, you know, it's just another ball game now with athletes. And really up until even 15 years ago, I mean, athletes are playing on the field professionally, smoking and drinking and not drinking necessarily during the games. But, you know, the diet now is so much more important for professional athletes and it's taken so much more seriously. Not as much as you would think or like, but it is taken very seriously by many, uh, and it's catching on. I mean, you know, teams know that uh, they've got to supply a lot more direction, and they brought in nutritionists. I mean, it's really rampant now. I don't know if you read about this, but this was in the Times. Like the Buffalo Bills had hired a, uh, a nutritionist, and the Yankees had hired a nutritionist. So, um, you know, there are teams now realizing that they've got to do as much as they can to get their athletes as healthy as they can. And for teams to hire nutritionists, that's almost as like uh, radical as the fact that they've all hired mental, you know, uh, thera- you know, therapists that are now on board. You know, so players have people to talk to if they're having some mental issues. So you can understand how much deeper all these teams have gone now in trying to do everything they can to have an edge. Yeah, no, and I wrote my first book in the 80s, Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner of Champions. I think the image of a professional's athlete's uh, uh, training table was a half a cow and a keg of beer. So, you know, it's interesting how things have evolved over the years. Yeah. And again, with their trainers, too. I'm sure each of the athletes probably has their own personal trainer as well as the team trainer. So it's um, – and, and speaking of being super fit, Brandon Steiner – I'm told that your employees can expect emails from you at any hour of the night or day. So uh, you obviously have an awful lot of energy. <laughs> well, what, what, you, well, what are your secrets? Um, yeah, energy issues. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that is true, but not as true as it's the last year, year and a half. I've taken my sleep very seriously. So the days of me up all night and emailing at 2, 3 in the morning are really over. Although, you know, when I'm working on some important business stuff, I will email a client at 3, 4 in the morning. But more than likely, I, I really think, you know, I'm 56, and sleep is a very underestimated thing. and something you can get away with when you're younger. You know, we don't need a lot of sleep. But I feel like I need a lot of sleep to be at my best. I need a lot of sleep to have the memory, the crisp, you know, where, where I can remember things crisply. Uh, and when I get the right amount of sleep and I'm rested, eating well, it's a, it is a big game changer. So it has changed for me. Yes, my employees know me for many, many years for 24-7 and never stopping. But now I've really, I, I go to sleep, I sleep great. I, I try to get in bed by 11. I want to, you know, between 10.30 and 2.30 is the optimal sleep time. And I generally want to get at least three of those four hours in. Now, do you find you have trouble 
going to sleep because you're so energetic during the day, or do you just fall asleep? Are you one of those that falls yeah. asleep and sleeps all night? <laughs> one of those? Yeah, I can fall. I can fall asleep right now in the middle of it. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no just wait. Wait about wait about twenty minutes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if I mean, you don't, I, I, well, I'm tired. I'm ready to go. I go, but I've now made a commitment that I want to be sleeping. You know, somewhere in the eleven o'clock or so hour, I want to be sleeping. And if I don't want to be sleeping, that's okay. But I generally want to be in bed around 11 and really sleeping by 11.30 because I want to get the, the best sleep I can. And um, I also realize that sometimes as you're getting older, you know, sleep is important, but sometimes you can't sleep that much and you can't sleep that mm-hmm. long. And I've learned to stay in bed and rest. I think rest is underestimated. Reggie Jackson told me about rest. He said, Brandon, you know, I can't sleep these long hours like I did when I was a kid. So sometimes I wake up in the five or six hours, but I'll stay in bed for a couple hours and rest. And that doesn't quite accumulate to the, the level of sleep, but it is counted for something. And I, I think that you, you know, as you get older, you need to take sleep and rest very seriously. If you want to perform, you know, if you're just chilling all day, you're not doing anything, you know, I don't know, do what you want, but if you want to perform, and, you know, I like to come, I'm, I'm in it to win it. I, I want to come to work. I want to perform. I want to win. I want to be in my best. I don't want to be forgetting things. Well, if that's the case, I need my sleep. I need my rest. Right, but also, you know, for exercise, and, and a lot of people give excuses why they can't exercise, but not only do you find time to exercise, but I hear that you uh, host a pickup uh, basketball game or, or pickup basketball games on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights at, at your house. <laughs> Is that true? Well, I, it is true. I, you know, first of all, I am blessed and I'm very grateful. You know, at 56, when you can still put on some sneakers to play basketball, you have to bless in itself. Because, you know, not everybody can play that particular game. It's pretty hard on the body. But I think that when people tell me they don't have time to exercise, I tell them that they don't have time not to. I mean, you know, you know, to me, if you want to, and again, I love this book, uh, Getting Younger Next Year. It's a game-changer book. Um, I forget the name of the author right off the top of my head, but Getting Younger Next Year really talks about if you want to live well into your 80s and 90s with a with an efficient, energized life, you have to have exercise and diet on your mind. You have to. And uh, I completely agree. And I've now exercised at least five times a week and I try even to go six or seven. You know, I, I firmly believe in it. And if you don't think you have time, well, then you're just giving up time at the end of your life because if you don't mind being in a wheelchair or having one of those walkers, you know, how do you want to live the last part of your life? So if you're 30 or 40, you're like, I don't know, I'm not worried about exercise. Like, you will. No, very, very few people live productive, vibrant lives down towards the end of their lives to have had exercise as a, as a big part of it. Very few. So you got to decide, you know, how do you want your you know, 60s, 70s, 80s to be? Do you want to be going to doctors three, four times a week? Then don't exercise and eat whatever you want. No problem. If you want to be able to live those last 20, 30 years of your life in a really efficient, productive way and be able to do a lot of things still, then you're going to exercise. And you're going to eat great and you're going to not exercise once in a while. Once in a while, you're not going to exercise. That's the fundamental difference. Like, what do you want to have happen when you're in your 60s and 70s? Because we're living in a time now with the way medicine works and everything that living at the age of 90 is very doable and more probable. As opposed to when I was a kid growing up, the average age was like 63. Right. Now the average age is 81 and 83. 
That so, is so true. How do you want those last? How do you want those last twenty or twenty-five years of your life to go? You want to be in doctors' offices and constantly having different problems and aches and pains, or do you want to be like kicking some butt? Yeah, no, very true. I wrote that book, Brandon, and I dedicated the uh, first chapter to you because <laughs> I hear you also have a wet a, a um, you have a lap pool. Do you, or is that a is that a rumor? No, no, well, my wife is a big swimmer, and that's how she gets her exercise. Uh, we have a, a pool in our house, and, and so swimming is a big part of the, of the house. Um, you know, basketball is a is a it's a fun, collaborative game. I have all my friends come over twice a week, so you know, the swimming is a big part. I'm, I'm I think swimming is another great way of exercise that we're not killing your joints. So, you know, my hats off to my wife for you know using that as her main vehicle for exercise, but. You know, anytime you can get in the pool and get, get get yourself going a little bit, that's always a good way to get exercise as you get older. Because, you know, the running does take a toll. So you got to think of, you know, again, like well, you're getting old, but you're also getting smarter. And you got to find ways to just be nicer to your body, nicer to yourself. And every time you eat something badly, that's not being too nice to your inner workings. Every time that you exercise, you can do it in a way without beating up your joints. It's always like I'm I'm in that nice to my body because I play basketball twice a week, but I love the game and I want to keep playing. So I try to do other things to compensate. Yeah. Well, I also, I've heard that you said around the office that sitting is the new smoking and you have a standing desk in your office. What, what impact has that made on your day-to-day energy? I mean, I just started, I just started that a couple of months ago. So I'm, not really sure, although a lot of people in our office now have standing desks. Everyone has an option to get one. Or what's the new thing is, is there's a there's a desk that you can put on top of your desk so you can sit and then you can also stand whenever you want. I have a sitting desk in my office. I don't want to give everybody the wrong impression. I'm not going to stand all day. I don't want to do that. However, I have the standing desk right next to my sitting desk. So I, I stand a few hours a day and sit probably a little bit more than I stand because when I'm having meetings, it's a little weird. But I do think, and there's been a lot of articles, you can look them up, where a lot of people feel like, the, you know, a lot of people have written that feel like sitting is just not good. I feel like it, it, my joints and, and everything, I'm, I'm standing up and moving around a lot more, has kept me a little looser and kept me, because you sit there and you have that computer before you know it, I mean, geez, your neck and your shoulders, everything gets so tight. Yeah. And it's probably not that healthy, and a lot of us do that. I'm trying to move away from it. I'm still a work in progress. I just started it. Although a lot of my employees are already into this thing for well over a year, almost two years now. They have those balls, too, that you can sit on and kind of balance. But it's, um, yeah. I, I find them a little unwieldy, actually, but interesting. Um, now, let's talk about what you eat, because I think, ha, did you have you changed your diet over the years as well? Oh, 100%. If you actually want to live a long life, I'm not saying I can't walk across the street, get hit by a truck. But if you want to live a long life, then... You had better seriously take your diet into effect, especially as you move away from 40. I mean, a lot of people get away with everything until they're in their 40s, low 40s, and then the body really starts dramatically changing. And if you're not really listening to your body and really thinking about what your body needs, you know, do you eat to live or live to eat? It's probably the question you got to ask yourself. And, you know, for me, I've changed my diet dramatically a few times. Uh, this last phase is probably the lightest I've been, so I'm actually really feeling good about myself. But um, I've dramatically changed my diet in the last five or six years where I'm eating mostly fish. I'm trying to eat as much salad as I can with some chicken. I'm not over-accentuating on, on, on 
the protein. I, you know, I love a hamburger or a little piece of steak, but you know, I, I've had some problems with kidney stones because I think I went too high on the protein. And a lot of adults, they change their diet and they get very high protein driven. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and nobody talks about it, but there's an amazing amount of people that have kidney stones. And if you don't believe me, go to your urologist's office in the middle of the day. I mean, the offices are packed. And nobody's talking about the fact of how much protein driven this the whole country got because they know that you know you eat a lot of protein. It's long-lasting fuel, but a lot of times we're overdoing it, and it's causing other problems. You got to be careful. So I've gone with a lot, a lot of salad. I I nibble and snack all day. I'm never hungry. I never let myself get hungry. I'm not a dieter. I don't diet. I don't believe in it. I have a lifestyle that says eat as much healthy food as I can accordingly. And I try to minimize the protein. I, I try to eat a lot of white fish. And I try to eat a lot of salads and vegetables and, and stuff like that when I can. And I cheat. You know, I have, a, I have a little of this, a little of that, but I try to minimize the cheating. I always tell people, just because you want a piece of cheesecake doesn't mean you can't have it. But it also doesn't mean you have to eat the whole piece. And no, that's two hard. Bites, you now that's have, hard. You've had two bites. You've, you've experienced the cheesecake. I'm not saying one bite, but you know, you have oh, one You're bite. one of those. Really you're good. one of those. Then you get the second bite and then throw the thing away. I know. It's just, you have the same taste. It's true. You have yeah, the throw, same I've learned to throw them away. Mm-hmm. That's my best my best secret of the day is like I, I, I do cheat and I throw those cheats away about two bites in. Or you can just put salt on it or something and then throw it away. You know, make it so it's not, you know, I just put water on it if I really don't. But you're one of those. I mean, a lot of people can't do it. You either eat what's there or you don't eat it. You know, I can't just eat two bites. If it's there, it's like cheesecake, of course, um, I, I will eat it. So I just, I don't even have it in front of me. So that, that makes it easier. But what do you eat during the day to sort of keep your energy up? What snacks? Well, I think the snacks? key is not to get hungry. You know, a lot of people yeah. make the big mistake and they get hungry and they then oh boy, all bets are off. You get really famished. You start eating anything. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll eat anything when you're starving. So I never let myself get hungry. I eat an early lunch. I eat an earlier dinner. You know, and I snack. So I don't get starving to the point where well, I had a couple hours, my sugar levels go through the roof. Now, I have snacks in my office. I never want my people to be hungry. So there's always food that's free for them, all kinds of different snacks, nuts, and dried fruits, some pistachio nuts, some raw cashews, some rice cakes whole wheat, multigrain English muffins, peanut butter, apples. I always have fruit scattered throughout the week that people can eat. You know, I want my people never to get too hungry because that creates another little bit of a tension in the workplace. Whereas if the weather is not good and nobody wants to go out, all of a sudden you get four or five people that maybe get a little overly hungry and their sugar levels off. And that can change the dynamics of my office. So I never want my people to be hungry. And if they're a little broke or they don't feel like getting lunch, there's a, there's a decent amount of food in the lunchroom always for them just to grab some stuff so that nobody's getting a little crazy. If you have any dried apricots, I'll be right over because I just ran out. Love them. Love them. <laughs> let, let me know. Uh, now, you have, I'm sure, countless athletes that you, you have dinner with uh, and you socialize with, but do they keep up their regimens, as it were, when they go out? I know um, – uh, Mariano has his own steakhouse, I believe, in Nourishell. So sounds good to me. Um, but well, they- it depends. Yeah. You know, a lot of the athletes are different. I mean, Mark Messier, a uh, pretty famous hockey player, he was the first person that really showed me. It was over his house, and he had somebody that was cooking for him at that time, take care of his house. And he was very explicit about what he wanted to cook that night after practice when he should come home. And I really started thinking about the fact that instead of eating what's in front of you, you know, plan more what you want to eat. 
and dictate a little bit more what you want to eat. You could do that, you know, by speaking up and, and planning a little ahead. But, you know, it's really, you know, it's a lot of the current players I eat, you know, they're burning so many calories, they're just trying to keep up. And so they, they, they eat a lot. I mean, they, they can eat almost two entrees. And, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure on them to maintain their weight because they're exercising and so physically involved. And that's what I tell people all the time. is like when you're trying to lose weight and you start exercising a lot, it puts even more pressure on you to eat even better because you're, you're burning these calories. You can't just starve yourself. You've got to reset, refuel. And you've got to find even more food now to eat that's better quality and better, you know, better for you. And it's even more pressure and even more meals. So if you're working out four or five times a week, you're probably burning, let's say, five, 6,000 calories, which could be only two days worth of fuel. You've now got to increase as much as five, six, seven more meals now. And that's a lot of pressure if you're not eating right. And you can never outwork bad nutrition. You know, I don't care how much you work out. If you're eating bad, that's just, that workout that could disappear in a New York second. So you can never outwork bad nutrition. So it's really critical. And I've learned a lot from the players, uh, some, you know, some tricks as far as some healthy stuff to eat. But most of them eat healthy. But they do eat a lot. So sometimes you get a little confused because they'll be looking for that second entree or if they're burning so many calories. So I try not to look at what they're doing too much because they're in a different kind of level. Yeah, that's why, Laurie, we have to do our extreme sports because we burn off a lot of calories, and that way we can eat a little more. <laughs> that's the secret. That is the secret. There too. you go. Got to, there you go, right? you got to work out more. A lot of people, yeah. you know, some people, they don't do any exercise, and whatever they eat just turns to, to fat because they never move, and, and they wonder why they gain weight. Well, move. You know, that's 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 important, as you said. Now, you have... I tell, I tell people all the time, sure. you're better off getting your diet in order first than going to exercise and then getting your diet. Like, I'd rather see, I'd rather, I tell people all the time, like, get your diet right. Don't worry about the exercise right now. Get your diet right. Get comfortable eating the right things, the right amount of those things, and then go exercise. Because if you're a little heavy and you start exercising, it's really hard unless you're eating right. You're just going to eat, and you're going to blow the, you're gonna blow the exercise you're doing anyway, and that's, that's not going to help you. So I'd rather see somebody get their diet right and then work exercising after that because it's a better mix. Um, a lot of people want to just start running and everything else, and then then I usually end up getting injured, pulling something or whatever. Are you still? I mean, and speaking of, of of athletes, is there any athlete that you've met that you're a fan? I mean, you're such a fan that it, it's uh, they stand out above the rest. I mean, I'm a fan of a ton of athletes. I mean, I think athletes today are just so much, I mean, the, the all-around athlete today is just so much better than when I first got in the business 28 years ago because they get it. They understand the responsibilities on the court, off the court, personally, and they realize the social responsibilities now more than ever because of all the, the media, the social media, and, and all the transparency. They know that if they do something wrong, it's going to get noticed, and it can blow up their career. So their level of accountability is so much higher so I'm a fan of a lot more of these players because uh, there's so many more of them doing the right thing. And I think there's always been some great players, by the way, but now more now than ever because they, they it's easy for them to know the responsibility they have. I mean, listen, it's hard not to be a huge fan of a Derek Jeter or an Eli Manning. I mean, it's impossible. These guys are great. Or Andrew Lundquist. Um, I mean, these guys are tremendous athletes. Or you know, And I go on and on, but 
Those are three right out of the gate, my top. Do you have an iconic sports moment that you want to share with us? Well, I mean, again, so many. I mean, that's for my company. You know, when you look at Steiner Sports, it's all five iconic sports moments. We live and die for those, and we and we obviously over-dramatize those when you look at That's what we're trying to do with, with the players we work with. And certainly the 94 Rangers, you know, winning the Cup was a big deal. Being a big Ranger fan all my life was a big deal. Um, I think, you know, I... I think like you know, there's been a bunch of Super Bowls I've been to that were just amazing. Uh, certainly, Super Bowl 21 was something that sticks in my mind when the Giants bet, beat Denver. It was my first Super Bowl I went to. So that kind of sticks in my mind. But you know, nothing like Carlton Fisk waving that home run in, or Kirk Hibson running around the bases with that great home run when his hamstring was all ripped up. Bobby Orr flying through the air. There's, there's a bunch. But I would say my favorite too is Super Bowl 21. And then uh, the Rangers winning the cup was a big deal. I mean, I was emotionally, spiritually involved with that process. I mean, there's nothing more important to me than the Rangers. I was the biggest Ranger fan, still am, and and then winning was just amazing. You know, it's interesting. When I was writing my my sports book, I think I was one of the first reporters allowed in the in their uh, um, locker room, and and they didn't really like that. They didn't want women to be in their locker room. <laughs> so it was, it was a very interesting experience off the air. I will tell you about it. But um, and I was I was uh, about ten months pregnant. Besides, so um, so tell us what is next for Steiner Sports. Well, just on the, by the way, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of any of the media being in the locker room. I, I think it's a, I think it's one of the worst things that goes on in sports is, is that these guys don't have a, a little space. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> Never again. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was the only sports book next, I knew. Yeah. Next for next for us is it is a bunch of things I'm working on, but. You know, I like a lot of the stuff that we're doing. We're just trying to do a lot of what we're doing better. I don't need to be that much more of an inventor than I already have been. I'm trying to be an improver, and I'm trying to get the industry better, I'm trying to figure out new ways to market players, and there's definitely some different things. But the way social networking is going, playing in apps and everything else, and trying to figure out how that applies to the world of sports better. Because when you think about it, with all the apps and everything that's going on, the sports world is a little behind. You know, as far as apps and, and the way you interact with players, the app thing is a little lagging. So I'm hoping to figure that out and, and really try to see how I can really help my players use all those mediums to, to their advantage. And, and then it ultimately becomes the advantage really for the fans. Yeah, well, Brandon, I know you have to run, but I just wanted to ask you one final question. Sure. Um, I believe we have two choices each day, make excuses or make something happen. The choice is ours. So what are your motivational words, your take-home advice for our listeners for this show that they can say they got from you? So what what, what advice to live by can we get from Brandon well, Stein? I'll give you two things. Uh, one is yesterday's or your, your best days are not your yesterdays. And, um, you know, they're just taking in off the alternate delete control button. You know, the paint's not dry. It's never too late to restart your engine and, and write another chapter to your story, regardless of what's happened. It's in your mind to, to whether you want to go and do something else. And just when you least expect it, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish. I think that's one of my favorite things. And the other thing is do as much as you can, you know, regardless of your financial or whatever position you're in, do as much as you can, as often 
as you can, for as many people as you can, and expect nothing back. You know, be that person who just gives out as much good and positive love as you can in the world, and do it unconditionally and expect nothing back, and you, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be surprised if that, that spiritual energy that you put around out there, how it comes back around, and it works out to be a really good thing. It does indeed, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Tell our listeners where they can find you, brandonsteiner.com? It's always good. You're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, which is always a good try to answer all my Facebook messages, or you get a lot of info on brandonsteiner.com as well. You can register for the blog. And I hope to hear from it. I hope to hear from it. I love to hear inspirational feedback, anything. I love to listen and read, and I'm always interested in your feedback. Well, thank you. You have inspired us all. Thank you so much. Well, and that's that's our show. Thank, that's our show, everyone. Thank you again, Brandon Steiner, and thank you, Laurie, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Till then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.